Hi, and welcome to the Survival to Success podcast. Today, I was inspired to talk about the concept of inner peace. And then as I was preparing the episode, I started to wonder if I should call it how to get off the struggle bus. And then I was thinking, well, getting off the struggle bus and getting to the point of inner peace is really how I would define having a sense of well-being. So if you think about what well-being is or what peacefulness means to you, so what really is it? And I was thinking about this because the definition or my definition of what well-being is has changed dramatically over the last couple of years. I used to think that having a sense of well-being was about being fit and having energy and just not letting things get to me. But, oh boy, self-awareness seriously took this concept far deeper than I ever imagined. And as many of you know, I've had a childhood of trauma, abuse, and neglect. And now a lot of people get confused about what what neglect is because, and this is not a podcast about neglect, but I just wanted to make a small side point here. And neglect is not just about not having your physical needs met, like your food and your clothing and all that. But neglect is also about not having your emotional needs met. Uh, not being heard, not being listened to, um, and not being acknowledged. Those are all also neglectful for various reasons. And so what I learned is that this is where I came from as, as a person. And so when you have that kind of history in your subconscious mind, you end up having safety issues programmed in or the need to protect yourself in some way and it's all part of your programming from from childhood and so i remember now that the way that i was and this is before i really evolved the way i thought about well-being is that i was existing in a place of fear which is needing to be safe and not realizing i was doing it And I was really focused on overworking and overachieving and overdoing, which is really what I've learned is looking for external validation to prove that I'm worth something. The next level of this that I realized that I had existed inside, I had really defined myself as somebody who is fierce fiercely independent, uh, tough. And you know what? Like, I'm really nice, just don't piss me off. And I had this hard shell and I had this feeling like, you know what? There's nothing that I cannot do. And if people offered to help me, even if it was like to open a door for me or offered to help me with something in particular, I would have this immediate thought, no thanks. I'm quite capable, thank you. And so it was all about proving that I had strength, proving that I was, that I could just 
do things on my own. And so what I ended up doing, and I learned this later, was, guess what? I was always doing life by myself. Whether I was installing flooring, or fixing a fence, or working on something with the kids, whatever it was, I was always doing it alone. And I remember asking myself the question, why is it that I'm always seem to be stuck doing everything by myself and I'm always doing life alone for frick's sakes. And you know, does that sound like a life of peace? Does that sound like a life where there's well-being regardless of how fit and energetic I am? Well, hell no, it, it doesn't, right? And so not to mention when you're in that way of living, it's like you have worry about money, worry about ju uh, being judged by other people. There's all these worries that you don't even really notice or pay attention to because you're so focused on being just, you know, tough and independent and just being, you know, solid and strong that you could just do everything yourself. But guess what? When you perpetuate that way of thinking, then you do do life by yourself. We create our own reality. And I learned that lesson. So how did I realize that I was working against myself? How did I realize that being tough with a hard shell and all those ways I was being, how did I learn that that was not a good idea, not a healthy way to be. Like, what, what opened my eyes? And here is where self-awareness starts to create the starting point for change. Because I realized a few things. I had a really hard time accepting compliments. I had this perpetual attitude, I can do everything by myself, which then created my own aloneness. I had to show strength to prove myself, to prove that I was worthy. I had to continually accomplish. And I started to realize that all of these blind spots, once my eyes started to open, then I couldn't unsee them. I started to see that all of these ways of being were just to protect me. They were just to keep me safe. And so then, okay, I started doing work on tapping into my inner goddess. I felt drawn to do that for some reason. And so when you're working on your inner goddess, you focus on being graceful, slow, gentle, and even sensual. And I just remember how much effort it took for me to be that way. And then I realized another thing that I was doing was I was subconsciously pushing people away. And once my eyes opened to that and I worked on that for myself, I realized that it was easier to push people away than to actually be self-aware, know myself, be willing to be my authentic self and set personal boundaries. So I, when I reflect on that, 
the reason I didn't do it is because people around you don't like when you set boundaries, especially once you've trained them to treat you the way you always were without boundaries. And yes, yes, it is true. Without knowing yourself and your boundaries, people treat you as if you have no boundaries because they have no idea what they are and you don't either. So that's the importance of boundaries. But in order to set boundaries and to know your boundaries, you have to know yourself and you also have to be able to clearly communicate your boundaries so that other people are aware. People aren't going to know what your boundaries are unless they clearly can, can um, hear it from you and understand what that means. And they also need to know that those boundaries are about you and not about them. Now, this is not um, an episode about boundaries, but in episode number 11, I did talk about how boundaries are about you and they're not about the other person. So if you haven't listened to episode number 11, certainly go back and, and review that again to um, reacquaint yourself with what boundaries are. There's a really good saying that I'll just point out here as I'm making this point is that we get what we tolerate. So if we don't set our boundaries or we don't set our limits regarding what we can what we will tolerate or allow in our life, then we will just get what we tolerate. Even if it's not something that we want because we're still allowing it in our life. So now, after we develop this self-awareness, now, then what? Think about that. So once, if you're finding during this episode as I'm talking, you're thinking, oh, that applies to me. Oh my gosh, I do that too. So now, me just talking about it and giving you that little aha moment in your mind that something something in this different way of thinking applies to you, that is a great start. Just grasping how it applies to you and your life, you can naturally not unsee that. So it will cause you to take some kind of action to do something about it, either uh, it personally, um, on your own, or you will seek some help. Now, ideas for that is, you know, you could uh, hire a life coach to help you see things from a different angle. You could hire a transformational coach to go deeper down to the level of your identity to see if there's something in terms of your ways of being or that your subconscious mind is protecting you that needs to be cracked open or, or brought into view. Or you may want to do something like I did, what, which was I combined transformational coaching and hypnosis to go even deeper into the root causes and wow like it really can be messy <laughs> uncovering all that and and processing all the emotions that go with it but it really works and it works much faster than doing anything else alone but it's important 
that you do what it is that you are ready for. I do recommend doing hypnosis sooner than later. And the reason I say that is because I spent many years in talk therapy and cognitive behavior therapy and um, like all the different kinds of things out there that's, that are offering under the counseling services, let's say in Blue Cross or whoever else covers the services. And I also did um, basic life coaching and so on. And I found that once I tapped into the power of hypnosis, then the transformation happened much quicker and actually much easier. And so just to give a little bit of a side discussion about hypnosis. Now, what hypnosis does is it allows us to get into a state where our conscious mind or our conscious thinking mind and our ego kind of gets pushed off to the side. And then we're allowed, we can work on the sub, subconscious part of our mind, which is about 95%. And it's, it's incredible when you think about 95% of the way we make decisions and what we decide to do or not do is based on the subconscious mind. That's 95%. And the rest, which is our conscious and our ego and things that are worried about what people might think and all this kind of thing, that's 5%. So when you do hypnosis, what that allows you to do is to move the subconscious mind out of the way so that you can actually work on the root causes. Because the subconscious mind is what gets programmed through our life, through our experiences, and its job is to keep us safe. So peeling away those layers allows you to move forward. And the thing is, the subconscious mind has so much programming that most of us are completely blind to. So we have programming inside of our own subconscious mind that sabotages us in our life, because, but we're blind to it. Right? So once you move the subconscious or the conscious mind out of the way using hypnosis, you can really start to peel back those layers and discover the root causes. Now, another point that I wanted to talk about was uh, the cells in our body. So whatever life experiences that you've been having up until now, your body is used to feeling that. So let's say it's, it's anxiety that you feel or the sense of that, oh, life is so hard, or it's such a struggle, and so on. Literally, the cells of our body are so used to feeling the chemicals of those feelings that it actually becomes the same or similar to an addiction. And we keep perpetuating those same chemicals. So yes, what we do then is that we actually cause or create that same struggle cycle in our life because our cells are just so used to having that emotional mix of chemicals. And so this, another way to describe this is some people call this, you know, addiction to suffering, or it could be anxiety, or it could be that you're, you're stuck on the struggle bus or the hamster wheel. Those are other ways to describe this exact same thing. And if you just take time, just take a moment to think about that. And it actually
actually causes us to continually feel those emotions based on that continually that continual chemical release even though it's something that we don't want to feel so i was just trying to figure out a way to frame that into words so it's like it kind of sounds crazy but we all do it to ourselves in different ways so if your body's used to having the chemicals of struggle or the chemicals of anger the chemicals of anxiety the chemicals of um even, even could be the chemicals of joy if whatever your body is used to that is is uh, familiar is what your body will continually create for itself so it's like we will literally create our own anxiety cycle we'll create our own anger cycle our own struggle cycle it's like we literally will create that because that's what our body's used to and it's familiar to us So a lot of times, because it's in what's in our subconscious mind is blind to us, we don't know it's there. Then a lot of times we can't grasp or see what it is that is causing that for us. And so what are some ways to help to get yourself out of that cycle or out of that trap or to begin open up your mind to see that there's something else going on that you may not realize so I've talked about hiring help getting support maybe trying hypnosis or transformational coaching or both but the other thing that you can do is sit with yourself in silence so what I mean by silence is to sit with no phone, no pen, no paper, no music, just you with your eyes open in your thoughts and basically not doing anything. And if you're anything like me, you'll find it hard to do that. And in fact, the first time that I sat in silence, I did four hours. And this was, was homework as part of our transformational coaching program. And it took one or two hours for the monkey mind and the and the thoughts of, oh, that picture's crooked, I should go f straighten it, or, oh, I should be doing this, or, gosh, I can hardly sit here, I, I should be doing something else. I don't have time for this. So there's so much monkey mind stuff that can go on as you sit in silence, but there's magic in silence because when you take the time to sit quietly and sit with yourself, allow all the monkey mind and the thoughts and the overthinking and the worries just allow them to flow at some point during that silence maybe it won't be till hour three or maybe even till hour four you will get to the point where you feel a sense of peace you'll feel a sense of that it's just you it's just you there and things may come to you ideas may come to you and realizations and aha moments may come to you during that time how many times do we sit in silence like that to allow those perspectives to come to us like almost never and i'm going to give you this this quote and it's really related to as humans we are incredibly powerful 
And we are only as powerful as our capacity to perceive, to receive, and to use our abilities and be able to stop, get quiet, and really examine our lives from a higher perspective. So that was a long roundabout way for me to talk about what the heck well-being is. However, to me, true well-being is getting to a place of inner peace. And inner peace means not only do you have energy and maybe you're fit and healthy, okay, that's one thing, but the next part is things around you don't piss you off. You're calm. You don't get triggered by everything around you. You don't get irritated by people. You don't worry. You don't feel anxiety because anxiety and peace don't go together. So if you are truly in a state of well-being, that comes with also a sense of inner peace. And it's not just, okay, I'm gonna go do a 10 or 20 minute meditation today and now I have 20 minutes of peace, and then the moment that's over, I can go start yelling at the dog, kicking the dog and getting pissed off over everything. No, that's not living in inner peace. Living in inner peace is truly learning to peel away those layers and get to the point where you feel peaceful the majority of the time and have that sense of positive well-being. That sense of that feeling of enjoying time with yourself and feeling that sense that you are worth that time. Now, isn't that powerful? If you think of what would it feel like to get to that place? Now, that's really what this episode is all about, is that just to take a 30,000 foot view, look at our lives and say like, what are all those things that are getting in the way of peace? What are all those things getting in the way of just being happy and feeling a sense of well-being and joy and being able to enjoy life without being on the struggle bus, without being in anxiety and feeling down and alone? What would life be like to get to that place? And I am proof, I am proof that that is possible, despite the fact of the type of childhood I had and the way I lived for 30, 40 plus years, living in that hard shell, fierce independence and having to be fierce and bold and protect myself against everything. But in the meantime, okay, I might accomplish something look successful to some people, but I'm freaking miserable because I'm edgy and triggered and worrying and, and really, is that peaceful? No, that's not peaceful, right? So this is where I feel that this episode is really important to just get up to that 30,000 foot view and take a look at your life. Look at, is it possible for you to get to the place of not just what you think is well-being, which could be 
running 10 miles and having full of energy. Because what about after that run is over? Are you peaceful? Are you irritable? Are you angry? Do you have negative emotions that you really can't seem to get rid of? So there's many things to consider when it comes to inner peace. And we all have our own definition about what that is. But I really wanted to just have this discussion to just get you to the point where you're thinking about your life and are you at the place that you want to be? And what is it that you can do to make a change? And just as a reminder, getting into silence is the, is the first thing to do because you will be amazed at the perspectives you can gain by just being without your phone, without people around, without noise, no music, no paper, and just allow your thoughts to move through you to get to the place of quiet. Because there's a lot of wisdom in that quiet. And of course, I'm biased, of course, because I absolutely love transformational coaching and what it can do to transform our lives to get really down to the subconscious mind and peel back those layers so I will end this episode here however I want you to just take the time to think about this look at your life from this the higher perspective and see what is it that I can do to really achieve more peace in my life which will give you that overall sense of well-being. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you on the next episode.